Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm Christy Kellogg, social media editor at Bruce Clay, Inc. Today, I'm joined by vice president of SEM, David Zatella, and content and media manager, Virginia Nussie. Today, we're going to have an SEM-focused show, and David is going to share his tips for PLAs, mobile site conversions, and how he stays up to date on all things SEM. Yes, thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy, David. My pleasure. That's my radio voice. (laughs) It sounds like you've had practice with your radio voice, and this isn't your only podcast. No, I do a a (laughs) semi-weekly show right here on Webmaster Radio FM. Uh, called PPC Rockstars. Very cool. So mm-hmm. that's where you share your, your most your PPC tips. Actually, that's where my guests share most of their PPC tips. Mm-hmm. I try to have on every week uh, one of my expert friends, and we talk about blog articles they've written recently, presentations they're giving at conferences. You know, I put my two cents in, but I actually feature the, the guests. So let's feature you for a second. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got a great list of questions that we're ready to ask you. Um, and we're going to start with Google and product listing ads and actually product listing ads in general, mm-hmm. because as you were just informing me before we, we started the show, PLAs are kind of expanding beyond Google. Mm-hmm. Bing has them and so do other. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a good, cool analogy about it being like the new Sears and Robux. Mm-hmm. So so what do you, what's your take on PLAs? A lot of advertisers believe that Google started all this, and that is the publication on their search results page of images of products along with prices and the name of the vendor, etc., name of the manufacturer. This is actually an older medium. Other sites called comparison shopping engines have been doing the same thing, uh, basically serving as a search results uh, engine for people that want to comparison shop. So, Google is not the first, um, but Google probably has, um, I'm going to guess, 60% market share. Mm -hmm. So here's the way it goes. Uh, Advertiser, e-retailer, I should say, uh, prepares a merchant feed that's uh, analogous to their catalog. Uh, The merchant feed is, you know, you you can actually submit it as an Excel spreadsheet with the product name, inventory number, a URL that points to an image of the product. And uh, once the merchant or the advertiser creates that feed, they can use it for Google shopping ads, for Bing shopping ads, and even for the comparison shopping engines, of which there are like 100. Google helped popularize this, this format, and I think they helped Bing and the other comparison shopping engines kind of take a step up. It's, it's really a, a very, very effective way for retailers to compete with the other retailers and make sure that they're showing their most recent catalog, their most recent prices, uh, so they don't have to reprint paper catalogs every month if they don't want to. In fact, I, I think that uh, it's easy to predict that within 
two or three years, there will be very few vendors, even e-retailers, even, even bricks and mortar sellers that are printing catalogs. There's no reason to do it when you can for free, literally for free, uh, upload your product catalog to one of these comparison shopping engines. I can't imagine a day when I'm not going to get any more catalogs in the mail yep. that I didn't even sign up for. I just gave somebody my address you know, yep. to get a deal or something at the store. Well, maybe I'm, I'm overstating it by a few years. <laughs> you know, Maybe it won't happen that quickly. But I'll bring this, the topic back up when we get into some of these other questions because it, all this stuff dovetails. Something else we wanted to ask you was, what are your tips for optimizing a mobile site to ensure good conversion rates? Good question. Um, and a very t timely one because, as uh, our own Bruce Clay Inc. team says, uh, it's kind of one of their biggest mantras these days, to design for mobile first. Mm -hmm. Tip number one or advice number one is, uh, you'll get mo the most conversions from mobile if you create the mobile version of your website or service first and then uh, use that as a template or a guide to what you, you'll be doing on the desktop. Another important piece of advice is that uh, if there's a form, if there's a shopping process, it really has to be as simple as possible. Um, all of us have experienced trying to type into tiny fields and get out your credit card and try to transact uh, with, with a website or a, an app on a, on a mobile device, and it's frustrating. Now, having said that, uh, I was really surprised by one of our clients recently when he said that half of his sales come through his mobile site. And there's sales where people have to type in their name and address, they have to get out their credit card, they have to mm -hmm. submit all this information, they have to make a mistake and go back and do something over again. Yeah. The fact is that more and more people are willing to go through that pain for the convenience of doing the whole transaction on their phone. I think the ultimate in simplicity is Amazon. You know, right. lots of people impulse shop on Amazon on their mobile phone because it's so easy to find what you're looking for on Amazon and you hit one button since Amazon has pioneered the, the one button sale right. capability. Example. It's too easy. So some of the things that come to my mind when I think of somebody shopping and like going through the purchase cycle on their phone is there are technologies that pretty much any shopping cart can take advantage of to have things pre-filled out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's the kind of thing you want to try to like take away the steps. Like you don't have to be Amazon where it's like click straight to cart and you already know where they're sending it and what their payment information mm -hmm. is stuff. But if you can collect that for the second time that person shops with you, right? Sure. All that kind of stuff to take away the friction. Mm -hmm. That's an important part of the mobile conversion experience. I go to buy something and it's like late at night and I'm in bed and I would totally buy it, but then I can't do it with PayPal and I'm not going to go to my purse and get my credit card and put all that in. But if I could have just paid with PayPal, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that would be cool sure. to see. I think there will be a universal payment method that is like Amazon. In fact, Amazon, uh, I don't know when they started this, but I just saw it for the first time on one of our clients' site, and the Amazon button that says Pay by Amazon. Mm. And it uses the same mechanism, so basically it's like a one-button payment method for a third-party site. Mm -hmm. So either Amazon's going to win that race to the universal payment method, 
especially for mobile, or Google, Google could win it with their Google Wallet, or right. you know, one of the credit card companies could step all over them. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I think it'll happen. I'm sure that merchants would be behind that. Oh, yeah. 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 Impulse buy on me. So we talked about the mobile conversion. What about we switch to another mobile topic, which is call tracking? Do mm-hmm. you have top tips for call tracking? The number one tip is make sure that you have operators, humans, answering mm-hmm. the phone. Uh, it's funny that there's been a, uh, an evolution over the past 10 years uh, from companies, especially retailers, taking phone orders to discovering the web and the ability to take web orders, thereby reducing the need for humans to take the orders. Right, right. And now that oh, robots mobile, can do everything. Right. <laughs> and now that mobiles become so um, prolific, that uh, ubiquitous, um, it's it's smarter to have a human being answer the phone and step through the process, even if it's a B two B process or a B two C one. That's tip number one. Use use a, a human being answering the phone. Tip number two is for a lot of, especially B2B advertisers, uh, even if the website is is okay on mobile, I would encourage them to try to test uh, what's called call-only campaigns on Google AdWords, where the only option when the ad appears on on a mobile phone is to make a phone call. The person that has done the search can't possibly click through to the site because there's no link to the site. There's a phone number at the top of the ad. There's a little call button to the side. If you think about it, that gives you almost 100% conversion rate because every action is a phone call. Uh, whereas if you send them to the site, especially through a mobile device where it's harder to read or harder to fill out a form, uh, they get to the site and you have to settle for a 2, 3, 4, 5, maybe 10% conversion rate. But that means 90% of the people are, are not converting and you're paying for them. Right. So I think a call-only ad, who are the best for? Obviously, brick-and-mortar would be a good one. Yeah, I would think any professional services where it's kind of a consultative sale. Mm -hmm. In other words, if there is not a call-only campaign, then the process goes like this. person clicks on the ad, goes to the website, fills out a form, and then there's a phone call which is the professional service provider calling back right. uh, the person that was inquiring because they, they can't really culminate the procedure without uh, talking, right. you know, without some kind of consultative uh, discussion. Financial services, legal services. Gotcha. Those are good tips. Yep. We also wanted to talk to you about social ads. David, you have an initiative to have every PPC client using Facebook ads. How are you adjusting your paid search strategy to incorporate social ads? We're starting out very conservatively with all of our clients. Here's how that goes. Think of Facebook as having many different advertising and ad design capabilities. One of them I call just plain vanilla advertising on Facebook, where you're using their very good targeting uh, capability to display the ad to a population, an audience that you believe will take advantage of your offer. That is fundamentally display advertising. Display advertising is demand, uh, demand generation advertising. In other words, nobody's looking for this product or service. They're not doing a search. 
So they have to stumble across the ad, which is, you know, admittedly pretty easy on Facebook because the ads are right in your, your feed. Um, but they have to stumble across the ad. The ad has to instantly put them in the frame of mind of there's something good in here for me. I need to take an action. So, you know, while that while Facebook has some great features for facilitating that, the click-through rates and the, and the conversion rates are going to be lower, much lower than for search, for, for example. There's an intermediate set of ad types where you can get good click-through rates and conversion rates. I'll mention a few of them. One of them is uh, simple retargeting that Google calls remarketing, where ads are shown only to people who have been to the advertiser's website already. Mm-hmm. Custom audience through email lists. So advertiser can upload their email list and um, Facebook will display ads to the people on that email list that are also Facebook users. Uh, they will also create a similar audience uh, of people that share interests and behaviors with the people on the email list. The similar audience list will be much bigger than the email list and in our experience um, converts very well. Mm-hmm. So those are two kind of safer, more conservative ways to advertise on Facebook than going to strict demand generation that, that we are implementing with all our clients, even B2B clients. So it's these two levels that we are implementing mm-hmm. with clients. And then there's the lead generation and what's special about that? Well, for lead generation, we're using the, the, the two ad types that I mentioned. Right. For retail, we're adding a few. One of them is a carousel ad where there's some motion in the ad in that product images rotate. Mm-hmm. And the person looking at the ad can click on any of the images and go to the website of the advertiser and, and land on the product page that corresponds to the image. So there, there's a little more incentive to interact with the ad than static ads, let's say. And those ads can be targeted to any population, including the safer ones that I just talked about, the retargeted ones or the email list ones. Um, There's another type of ad that is um, almost identical to product listing ads on Google, where um, someone, now this depends on someone doing a search or belonging to a population that you feel very sure is a good target for for the products. But it works, as I said, it works just the same as shopping ads on Google. Now, I think this this next question relates to social paid ads as well as our search ads that we started with the the conversation with. So that's nice. It kind of crosses all the platforms and mediums. What are some of your favorite methods for reducing costs per conversion? Most advertisers, when they think of diminishing their cost to achieve better profitability, think, you know, and rightfully so, that you can do that by dropping your click bids, your bid prices. It just kind of makes sense. If you pay less for a click, you're going to be more profitable. Your cost per conversion is going to be lower. Unfortunately, that also affects the the conversion volume. Mm -hmm. So uh, simply dropping the price guarantees that you'll be profitable, but it also guarantees that you'll sell fewer things. Mm -hmm. Uh, My favorite method is to earn better quality score. This is kind of a, a... contentious topic because there's a lot of mythology out there about quality score. Quality score is based almost entirely 
on click-through rate. In other words, if an advertiser simply pays attention to the quality of the ads, their correspondence to the keywords in the search queries, and, and thereby increase the likelihood that more people looking at the ad will click on it, they will earn a better quality score. Quality score also, a higher quality score also means that the click price will be lower and the position of the ad on the search results page will be higher. And that's the best way to gain profitability. You're simultaneously lowering the click price kind of naturally or, or rewarded by Google for, for good behavior. So you're simultaneously lowering click price, raising ad rank, so the likelihood that you'll actually increase the volume of conversions is high. Yeah, but that means you actually have to be better. So yeah. that's kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> that's what we do here. <laughs> Okay, let's take a quick break. We do have a few more questions for you to kind of finish up the show today. That's our PPC-focused um, episode of SEM Synergy. Stick around for two minutes to hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back with more with David Zatella. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 
You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nessie, and I'm here with Christy Kellogg and David Zatella, the VP of SEM Operations at Bruce Clay, Inc. So before the break, David, we picked your brain about um, mobile, about um, click-to-call ads, and a little bit about Facebook as well. How do you stay up with all the changes in the PPC world? Well, it's very difficult. I rely on uh, a medium that uh, lots of people rely on, uh, including including, uh, the content that that I produce, which is on Twitter. All day, every day, I have TweetDeck open on my desktop. TweetDeck allows you to have columns of tweets that are that are uh, scheduled throughout the day and I've got uh, a column for my close friends I have a column for uh, a group of PPC PPC experts that I've identified uh, that's a list that can be subscribed to mm-hmm. and then I have a list a column for um, a, a loose group of experts called PPC chat and that's hashtag PPC chat PPC chat is, is a couple things simultaneously number one uh, it's a live event that happens every Tuesday at noon Eastern time where a, a group of people, um, any participants who want to uh, join, answer questions that uh, Matt Umbro, the moderator of this event, uh, uh, proposes. Outside of that one hour a week, there's a, a continuous and lively discussion about anything that's current you know, answers for new people or just uh, information that the community wants to share. Uh, you know, something that's a glitch in, in the Bing ad system, for example. This is going on right now where hmm. Bing ads is not reporting data. I noticed it. This is a great example of being informed by Twitter. Uh, I noticed it Monday morning that uh, Bing ads was not reporting any data. Hmm. And first thing I did was look at Twitter and looked in the PPC chat column of my tweet deck to see whether other people were reporting the same problem. And sure enough, they were. So I was able to immediately send out an email to all our clients saying, you know, you should know about this, especially if you're looking at your results. So Twitter's a great place to get information. Um, All the journalists that uh, cover the PPC space, like Ginny Marvin with Search Engine Land, uh, post links to their most recent articles. So it's really convenient to follow them and just uh, click on the links that they post. Uh, AdWords and Bing ads uh, post frequently and uh, provide links to new resources that they've put out recently. Do they use PPC chat? They use, well, sometimes they use PPC chat. Other times they don't. Okay. They're, they're in my list, so mm. uh, anybody that follows the list will get it. I just keep the one of the... Uh, columns of TweetDeck open all the time to, to get them. Uh, but literally, that's that's where I get most of my information. Um, and I try to, to be a contributor to help other people do the same thing by re- retweeting not just every article that comes across my TweetDeck, but the best of the articles, the most credible, uh, the, the least uh, incredible, and uh, the most, you know, I try to be a good curator for uh, excellent content. Speaking of curation, people should know about your paperly. You were just featured in um, Scout Social. What was the name of the... Well, there was an article that was about uh, 
how to use Twitter, how to get followers. Right. And I think that the recommendations that you made yeah. about um, kind of using Twitter to its best advantages, and it sounds like the PPC industry is kind of on the same page on this mm -hmm. one. You guys are all using Twitter mm -hmm. to kind of as your forum. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah, Paperly is a great um, free resource that collects the tweets of an individual and so that's tweets and retweets of an individual and publishes, creates a web page that is a synopsis of all of the resources that you've tweeted, all the ones you've tweeted, uh, you know, about your meals, all the ones you've tweeted about uh, resources you've found, and all the ones that you've retweeted, so resources that others have, have uh, uh, originally tweeted. And uh, so that every, uh, and then automatically, once a day, uh, paperly, that's P-A-P-E-R dot L-I, um, publishes a link to this web page it has created, and it says David Satella's Paperly, or something like that. And uh, uh, the web page contains in little paragraphs synopses of the tweets that I've tweeted and uh, links to the full article if there, I have referenced an article. So there's somewhere where people can stay up on the PPC changes themselves. Right, right. Cheap and easy. What are some of your favorite new PPC features and why? I've got a couple of new features that I'm using quite a bit. One of them is for display advertising on Google. Uh, it's uh, custom affinity audiences. Uh, this is where Google actually gets as good as Facebook at kind of hyper-targeting audiences. This is through the email list, right? No. No. Uh, custom affinity audiences. Affinity audiences on Google without the custom part, uh, are groups of people that you can target um, who are kind of, uh, it's almost like the Nielsen ratings. They, they have demonstrated an intense interest in something, and it's usually uh, popular culture related. Whereas uh, custom affinity audiences allows the advertiser to tell Google, um, Google, I want you to show my ads to people who take advantage of resources like the ones I'm about to list. And I will describe those resources by listing uh, domain names, and I will also describe those people by using keywords. But the keywords don't have to, anything to do with the product or service. It's more about the target customer and what they're interested in and what they do. And uh, so Google takes that keyword and domain information and combines it to uh, do a really good job of identifying people that will see your ads. Um, and it, it capitalizes on the fact that Google knows a lot about people. Uh, even though they haven't volunteered information like they do on Facebook, uh, Google can infer an awful lot that even Facebook cannot. Like Google knows every search that, are, that sure. the individual has made uh, and, and whether they've clicked on organic listings or the ads. Uh, Google knows their location, the devices they like to use. Um, so anyway, the the, the a lot of intent there. Yeah, yeah, and the the ability to target more precisely is is getting better and better all the time. That is a very cool, exciting new feature for yep. the search realm. Do you have a dream tool or program that you hope is going to happen this year sometime? Yeah, and. Uh, 
actually Google announced this one. I think it might have been in 2014. And now it's just finally happening or something? It hasn't yet. Oh, okay. I believe it will this year, but I feel uh, I feel okay talking about it because they have talked about it. They, it's, I'm not betraying any secrets. <laughs> uh, and that's the ability to uh, automatically adjust bids, uh, not just based on Google's guess at whether uh, a particular click will convert, um, but taking into consideration what's called the attribution effect which is that frequently when someone does convert on a site, uh, they have been to the site several times, a couple of times to several times, and they've come to the site through different channels. They might have come to the site originally through organic. They may not convert at that point, come through on a paid ad on Google, not convert yet, click on a paid ad on Facebook, come back to, through Google again and convert. Well, uh, in Google's traditional reporting, the last action gets all the credit for the conversion. So the keyword that led to the conversion, um, one would would conclude looking at data, traditional data, that that keyword is a very strong one, even though the the keyword or the uh, paid ad that started the whole chain of events deserves some credit and uh, deserves higher investment than one might believe if, if they looked at traditional data. So Google has automated bid management of various kinds right now, but it doesn't. But they don't take into consideration the effect I just described. Mm. Um, so the, the attribution-fueled, uh, they don't have a name for it yet, the attribution-fueled uh, automated bid management mm. lets the advertiser use a slider mm. to say to Google, um, give give more credit to uh, paid actions that occur early in the early in the chain of events, or right. a little later, or even you know the, at the traditional end. But the ability to put that slider in the middle, giving equal uh, credit to the paid actions early in the chain and later in the chain, means that the uh, the bid the bids will be more accurate accurately determined. Uh, you won't you won't make the mistake of giving too much credit to the last paid action or giving no credit to the, the initial paid action. So I'm dying to try that out. Hmm. Maybe when Google's, you know, getting ready for the beta, they'll, they'll be listening and let us in on that. Yeah. <laughs> we do hope that. Thank you so much, David, for sharing all your SEM tips with us. They were really insightful. Thank you. Um, thanks to Webmaster Radio and thanks to our listeners. Please subscribe to the show to get new episodes delivered straight to you on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or your preferred podcast app. For more from the Bruce Clay team, visit bruceclay.com slash blog. See you next time on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.